And hello and welcome to our program, The Truth to Set Your Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with my co-host, Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from our station. Today's program, we're going to be talking about Agents of Darkness, Dragon's Fire, in the series in these past weeks. So we hope that you can stay tuned, grab your Bibles, and follow along with us in this very exciting series. But before we continue, I'm going to ask my co-host, Nathan Jones, if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to study your word, and we praise you for all those uh, wonderful verses that you have revealed to us about your will, and we thank you, Lord, for all those tuned in. May they grow in their relationship with you. In your precious name, amen. Amen. Thank you again. Again, you're tuning to the Triple Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition, Big Batista and Nathan Jones. Again, our title for our message is Agents of Darkness, Dragons, Fire. Nathan, it's great to have you on the program. Hey, brother. Great to always be on. Uh, got an exciting topic, Dragon Fire. Huh? What is this all about? Well, Nathan, there, there seems to be such uh, an excitement out there, a fascination with dragons, uh, with so many uh, uh, you know, TV programs that we're noticing uh, regarding dragons and and these fire-breathing creatures, uh, movies like uh, The Hobbit and Smog and, and the, uh, the, the TV shows, Game of Thrones. I mean, the, the, the list is endless with this fascination uh, about dragons. And, uh, uh, and, you know, sometimes people wonder, well, are these creatures for real? Where do they come from? How are we associating dragons now with just about everything? So in our series, we're talking about, of course, Agents of Darkness and uh, Dragon's Fire. We're going to reveal to individuals what the Bible has to say about this, uh, this, this agents of darkness and regarding dragons, so that hopefully people will have a better picture of what the Bible has to say, Nathan. Excellent. Well, I, there's been dragons throughout human history in every different continent and cultures that never even interacted with each other. So there was a time where there was clearly dragons in, uh, we call them probably dinosaurs today, uh, but uh, all cultures report uh, dragons. So, yeah, I mean, I think humanity since the beginning had been fascinated with these giant lumbering lizards. Yeah, and, and we know China, that seems to be their um, symbol, if you will. You see, and I, I don't know about you, Nathan, but back in the days, remember those those Chinese movies that the words would have to be caught up after they were talking? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Enter the dragon. Right. So uh, you and I remember that even uh, there's a fascination with dragons in China depicts those uh, monsters. But Nathan, you and I know also that the Bible does tie these creatures somehow uh, uh, in, in the book of Job. As a matter of fact, in chapter 41, it seems to depict a, a certain type of creature. And I was going to see maybe uh, as you continue to add some commentary of that, if you could take us to um, Job 41 as we look at verses 18 through 20 or so, 21. Oh, that's a fantastic chapter in Job. Uh, most people don't realize, but the Bible talks about dinosaurs. Now, back in the day, Job is actually a contemporary with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He was, it's considered too as the first book of the Bible written as Job. So we're talking about really long time ago, almost 4,000 years. And, and here he's talking about a dinosaur. Now, the term dinosaur wasn't minted until the late 1800s. So you know, what we classify as dinosaurs today were just animals at that time period. and But Job here actually describes what one's like. Let me just quick go back to verse 1 of 41. It says, can you, speaking to Job, this is God speaking to Job, draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which you lower? 
And then you skip over to, uh, he said, 18. His sneezings flash forth light, and his eyes are like the eyelids of the morning. Out of his mouth go burning light. Sparks of fire shoot out. Smoke goes out of his nostrils as from a boiling pot and burning rushes. His breath kindles coal, and a flame goes out of his mouth. Ooh, I mean, Nathan, I mean, you know, anyone reading the Bible there, I mean, definitely we're depicting, man, that's a dragon. If I've seen one, that's smog right there. <laughs> yeah, you read through all of verses, uh, chapter 41 and the verses all describe a, a dinosaur, a, a dragon, as, as we like to say. Uh, you know, dinosaurs aren't normally depicted as breathing fire, but I've heard some paleontologists say that they believe some dinosaurs were able to breathe fire. They have the the, the shape, just the right shape in the fossils for the skull for, for fire producing. And here we got a description of it in the Bible that, that sparks of fire would shoot out and smoke would come out of their nostrils. And, and he describes the size of it. You can't fish this thing. It's, it's so big. It, it kind of reminds me of the Brachiosauruses, uh, one of some of the largest land dinosaurs in the world that were so heavy. They had to actually go out into the water to let the water buoyant their great weight up. Uh, they they had the brains the size of a walnut, which <laughs> for an animal of that size, it was just unbelievable. But they weren't bright whatsoever, but they were massive, massive creatures. And uh, God goes on to say to Job, you know, this thing is massive. It's huge. You can't do anything with it. It's beyond human ability to kill. You can't fish it out. And if you try to get near it, it'll breathe fire. And there's another passage where it talks about how his, his tail is as big as a tree. I and mean, we're not talking about a, sometimes uh, you look in the Bible, even the Schofield Bible, and the reference underneath will say, will say uh, alligator or hippopotamus. And you're like, hippopotamus? There's no way. <laughs> this, thing, this thing was huge and a brief fire. And the, the Bible was clearly talking about, in Job's time, dinosaurs or, or dragons, right. as they call them, were, were known. And, and they called it here the Leviathan. Ooh. And Nathan, that, that's why this is fascinating, because we want to tie everything back to the Word of God. And maybe for someone, this is the first time. Maybe they didn't even think that this was in the Bible. Maybe they've been too busy watching the Godzilla movies like I was. <laughs> yeah, Godzilla, based on that. You know, the, the God, it, it's an almost unpronounceable name, but the God of the cent in Central America, it was a, a snake, dragon-like God. You're absolutely right. You could go to almost any ancient culture in the world, cultures that had nothing to do with each other and weren't connected since the Tower of Babel, and they all have dragon themes. They have etchings and and, and uh, wall paintings and and stories of dragons. Uh, dragons existed. Uh, this idea that they all died off millions of years ago, like evolutionists say, is nonsense. Uh, triceratops horns have recently been discovered that that still have flesh inside them and hasn't been uh, solidified yet. Uh, uh, dragons uh, died off. Likely, they were probably after the flood. It's assumed too big to be able to stand the change in temperature, and because you know, before the flood, the earth was tropical in nature, and, and of course, mankind probably hunted them. But you know, as as far back as even a few hundred years ago, there's reports of, of dinosaur-like creatures, not the size as they were back in the day that we before the flood, but certainly bigger than anything we have today. And Nathan, and that's great that you're sharing that because I, I think it's just a great uh, way for people to look at what the Bible has to say, what history has to say. Uh, now, of course, we know, Nathan, that um, all this leads to somewhere because we, we find these creatures, they, they were created. God uh, made them. 
and then we also move forward as the Bible now also talks about other dragons and again other created uh, beings, if you will. And and as we talk about agents of darkness, now we move from the physical, we move to the spiritual, and we come to recognize that now the Bible talks to us about another form of a dragon, if you would, a fierce, if you would, but also created uh, in Revelation chapter 12. Uh, so we're going to shift from the physical to the spiritual and also see how these agents of darkness are affecting our world today. Would you be able, Nathan, to take us to Revelation chapter 12 as we look at verses 3 and 4? Certainly. Uh, we got the Apostle John in the book of Revelation, and he's being given a sign, and it reads— uh, let me just back it to one and two because I think it's important to give a little background here. It says, now, this is John speaking, a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out labor in pain to give birth. Then another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven diadems on his heads. And his tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And this dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. Now, Nathan, this this right here is amazing because here the Bible now talks to us about uh, this dragon, if you would. Uh, and Nathan, we, we find that this ties in the spiritual battle uh, that we're in. Can you talk to us about what's happening here in Revelation 12? Well, what we read back in Job 41 was, was clearly God was describing a dragon or a dinosaur, as we call it today. But then we get to 12, and we're told that it's a sign. So we know what we're not really seeing a dragon or a woman or a child, but they're representations of things. Now, one of the keys to interpreting Revelation is to literally interpret it. Don't symbol spiritualize it. Uh, where there are symbols, and there's plenty of symbols in Revelation, where John will explain what the symbol is, or you can go back into the Bible and find the answers to these symbols. So we don't have to imagine it or guess what these are. Uh, we're told that there's a, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon on her feet and a garland of 12 stars. Well, that's exactly comes from what Joseph dreamed when he dreamed of his mother and father and brothers bowing to him one day. He's talking about the people of Israel. The woman is the people of Israel. And then he talks about she gives birth to a child. And uh, we go back to, up to 5, verse 5, it says, She bore a male child who will rule all the nations with a rod of iron. That child isn't the church, as some interpret it. It tells us right here, the child will rule the nations with a rod of iron. That's Jesus Christ. So out of Israel came Jesus Christ, and this great dragon came to destroy it. Now, this dragon is a symbol of Satan, and in the Bible, we're told here too. So again, all the symbols, we, we don't have to guess. Uh, it's a great fiery red dragon. Uh, the seven heads, ten horns, and seven diadems can be confusing, but what it's really explaining is how Satan's empire over seven different kingdoms that affected Israel, and in the end, it will be ruled by ten rulers, and out of those rulers, one little horn will emerge, and that is the Antichrist. So basically, this, this humanistic system controlled by Satan, this red dragon, will create this empire in the last days, ruled by this one world ruler, the Antichrist, and he, will, he had tried to destroy Jesus in Bethlehem, and he I thought he destroyed Jesus, nailing him on the cross, but in the end, he will try to defeat the children, the woman, and we'll read later how he'll chase the woman, and basically the Jews will escape in the wilderness for protection, and uh, their God will protect them. So there's a lot of symbolism here. So we're not talking about a literal red dragon, but we're talking about Satan and his empire. Now, 
That doesn't mean that Satan in his original form didn't look like a dragon. So throughout the Bible, Satan is described very much with lizard-like qualities. You and I have preached and, and taught through the book of Revelation and other books of the Bible how much the angels aren't just a bunch of blonde-haired, curly, you know, curly blonde-haired dudes wearing togas and have halos and they all look alike. No, 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 no. You know, they, the different ones represent animals and forces of nature and all. And it very well could be that Satan's original form was reptilian in nature. Excellent point, Nathan. And of course, uh, and this is why I'm so glad that we have individuals tuned in and they're becoming Bible students and, and listening in because this is very important for us to recognize a lot of the pictures that we find in Hollywood today. It's not necessarily biblical. They seem to exaggerate things and blow things out of proportion. But we need to recognize when it talks about this dragon, the spiritual entities, the agents of darkness, these are real. They have a, a master. They have a, a leader, if you will. The Bible actually identifies uh, this uh, reptilian uh, creature, Nate, like you're mentioning to us as well, uh, here that he has appeared in various forms. For instance, right there in the book of Revelation, we notice that he goes by many names in uh, verses 9 and 10. Nathan, can you read verses 9 and 10 of Revelation 12, just in case maybe someone doesn't have a Bible? And they can see who we're, we're talking about here as we're unmasking this dragon. Yeah, I, perfect. Yeah, right. It tells us who this dragon is. So. The great dragon was cast out of heaven, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who deceives the whole world. He was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And Nathan, right there, that describes to us, right, uh, um, I mean, where he derived from. I mean, we're talking all the way back in the Garden of Eden, right, Nathan, as you talk to, uh, talk to us about this creator creature. Well, Satan, when he came to earth and deceived Eve, took the form of a serpent. And we learned that at the time, the serpents had legs. Uh, so we're really what these snakes look like. We're more like, again, here we go, dragons, uh, particularly the ones like, say, the Chinese you mentioned earlier. You know, they, they're, they're not slithering around like snakes today, but they actually had legs. Uh, uh, and what we're seeing is that Satan in his original form was likely uh, reptilian in nature. Uh, he was also called an angel of light. He was called the one of the or the created, greatest creation that God had made. He was the chief of prince amongst the angels. He was uh, likely the most powerful of all the angels ever made. And uh, while he was in heaven leading the worship services, because it talks about all the musical instruments he used to lead the angels in worship of God, that Satan started to get jealous of all the attention guy. He's like, well, hey, you know, I'm, I'm awesome. I'm great. You know, why aren't they worshiping me? And he started to get envious. And this is where we see the very first sin in all of, all of creation is that Satan pride took Satan. He wanted what God, he wanted the adoration due the creator. And so he convinced a third of the angels to join him in a rebellion against God. They attempted to overthrow Christ and take the throne. They obviously lost. And this is where we get the, where it talks about how in verse four, his tail drew a third of the stars out of the heaven and threw them to the earth. In other words, a third of the demons, they're now called demons, uh, joined Satan in the rebellion and were cast down to the earth. They fell like stars out of the heavens and they burned down to the earth. And that is where the demons live today. And uh, So, yeah, we, we we learn a lot about Satan here in, in Revelation. But you have to go back to the writings of Isaiah and Jeremiah and Ezekiel to get more information about uh, Satan and his origins. 
Excellent point. And Nathan, I think the point we're also trying to uh, make is uh, as we talk about these agents of darkness, this is what we're talking about. They're spread out throughout the world as demons, as spirits that are influencing men and women today to cause the hideous crimes that, that we see happening in the news. So people need to recognize that this is real. Uh, the, the pictures of uh, in the Game of Thrones about the dragon and all these uh, movies that we see, that's all fantasy. The reality is these Dark agents are affecting the hearts of men today. They are. Uh, it's a spiritual warfare. It's a, what, Ephesians uh, 6 is the reference to principalities and powers uh, that work behind human governments and human authority. I know all the news this week, it, it just boggles the mind that so many people can be coming out openly endorsing the abortion and, and having no care for the murder of babies. Uh, we're seeing a growing movement in, in the government to actually form a coup and overthrow the current presidency through impeachment on based on no charges. I mean, this isn't just man working. This is Satan working against man. When when good things are happening and moral things are happening, uh, the forces of Satan rally. And we're seeing this in our government today as the left, which certainly is demonically powered, is is attacking the, the laws of the land that are coming out like Alabama's new laws to against abortion that try to save the lives of human beings. And so we see the spiritual war going on. Of course, this great push of, uh, what was it, Thailand just recently voted in same-sex marriage. India, a year or two ago, voted, I mean, countries you never would think would care about same-sex marriage. It's becoming global around the world. This destabilization of governments around the world. Wars popping up all over. The constant threat that Iran, we might be at war with Iran any day now. I mean, all these things are human-based through government, but as the sign of this red dragon shows, is that the Antichrist kingdom works behind the fallen human governments. Excellent point. And Nathan, I'm so glad that you mentioned that, of course, in Revelation 17 and 18, we see that it so clearly as these kings, the rise to power uh, under the control of one leader. And we begin to see that also, Nathan, in Revelation chapter 13 there, as we talk about, right, this beast that also uh, rises up. Uh, can you take us there, Nathan, to Revelation 13 and open to us a few of those verses so that individuals can see how this dragon and these beasts, how all these things tie together? All right. Well, it looks like we're being introduced to two more dragons. And again, they're symbols. And John goes out of his way and explains what they are uh, in later chapters. But uh, gives us two, a beast that rises out of the sea and a beast that comes out of the earth. Is there a particular... You notice... On Go ahead. Yeah, no, in other words, what, what we wanted for, uh, thank you so much, we wanted for our, our viewers and our listeners to catch there is, a, is a, as they make their way uh, through the pages of the Bible here, we begin to see that this is a well-organized, uh, if you would, uh, system, spiritual, demonic system. It's not just one individual, but it's a host of them controlling the affairs um, uh, of the world so that individuals who are not understanding where this is coming from might think, oh, this is something that has always been around. Yes, but in these last days, Nathan, you would agree that things are just multiplying. Well, they are. And, and what it, the translation of this beast that comes out of the sea, uh, he says that he saw a beast rising up out of the sea, having seven heads, ten horns on his horns, ten crowns. This is a reference to the ten kings. And on his black name, heads, a blasphemous name. Now, the beast which I saw 
was like a leopard, his feet were like the feet of a bear, and his mouth the feet of a lion, and the dragon, Satan, gave him his power, his throne, and great authority. And it goes on to explain that this is the culmination of the Antichrist, or excuse me, of the Satan's empire, human empire, in the fulfillment of the Antichrist. Uh, John and other apostles and Jesus taught about this one world ruler that was coming that would unite humanity and a global government. And we see here, what is the source of the power of this global government? The dragon, Satan, gave him his power. So this one world government that, I don't know about you, but you, if you watch the news, you see the world's clamoring for it. The world, the globalists yes. want to, unite, to erase the borders amongst countries and unite the world under this global leader. And they don't care who this leader is as long as it unites the world. Well, that will happen. I, it, and then it will happen after the rapture because you've got to have God's restraining influence taken away for the, the crazy ideology of this to happen because basically the world— gives up its power and authority, these 10 kings, which will then organize the world, will give up their authority in the hopes of this one world leader unifying the world and bringing peace and prosperity and all. But behind it is Satan, and Satan will use that power to try to kill off all those who come to Christ after the rapture and the Jewish people. And he'll be aided by this second beast, this beast from the earth. And it says, he had two horns like a lamb and spoke like a dragon. And he exercised mm. all the authority of the first beast, the Antichrist, in his present, and called the earth to dwell and to worship the first beast. So here we've got the, what's called the false prophet. This false prophet will be the religious leader of the religion that worships Satan through the Antichrist. And he will get the world to turn away from all the religions and unify under one global religion. Now, that it's not hard to see that happening. Now that of all the people, the Pope, the Catholic Pope, is one of the most outspoken people for creating a one-world religion where all the religions are merged into one religion. And he believes that will cure the ails of the world if we all unite under one banner. Well, after the rapture and going into the seven-year tribulation time period, the world will accept this, uh, this mystery Babylon religion, a one-world ecumenical system is coming. So what we're seeing today happening around us, these fearful events that are happening around us, these crazy ideas like, why are people acting the way they're acting? They're working their way towards the institution of Satan's ultimate fulfillment of a global government through the Antichrist and the false prophet. Mm. And, and, and that's a very good point. Again, for those of you that tuned in, you're tuned in to the Tutu Set Your Free Bible Prophecy uh, edition. Big Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're talking about agents of darkness, uh, dragons fire. Nathan, and, and you know, you made a very good point. Oftentimes when we think about dragons, like we're saying, breathing fire and destroying things, here what we're noticing is what's coming out of their mouth. In other words, they're going to set the world ablaze uh, through their uh, words, in other words, their preaching, if you would, that whoever doesn't um, bow down to them, we're going to notice it's going to cost their lives. So again, their speech is breathing out these fiery threats. And, and that's what we're noticing in Revelation 13. I like your alliteration. That's very good. Yeah, uh, we're not talking about dragons here, but now throughout human history, dragons have always been considered the bad guys. Yes, where they worshiped as, as evil deities, certainly. But for the most part, you. You look back at dragons, they're not the good guys. Smog is not the good guy, you know. And so the Bible uses <laughs> that imagery to describe Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. They're they're not good people. They're dragons. They're 
powerful and, and, and their words are dangerous and they can kill you in an instant and they're hard to defeat. And that's what this final world government will look like is it's instituted or run by these three dragons, a satanic trinity and all the satanic forces and all of the ungodly uh, people in rebellion against God. It'll all come together as this global government. Now, this global government obviously is at war with Jesus Christ. Satan has not given up his ambitions to overthrow Jesus and be worshipped as God. So what will Satan do? What we read throughout the tribulation, as described in Revelation, is that he will go at war with God's children, both the Jewish people who have yet to accept the Messiah and those after the rapture, which we call tribulation saints, who will accept the Messiah, and he will slaughter them. We read about the multitudes of, of martyrs from every tribe, tongue, and nation who will be up in heaven waiting for God to avenge them. The slaughter will be intense, and they'll be slaughtered by the mouths of these three dragons. Mm, excellent point, Nathan. And of course, this is the reality of what the Bible teaches is coming in the future. And Nathan, you and I, we, always, uh, we, we share the truth of the Bible, but we also share with people that good news or the hope uh, that is found, because at the end, we win. And uh, uh, so we have a few more minutes left to the program. We're going to just jump real quick to Revelation 19. Um, Nate, maybe you'd be able to read for us verses uh, 20 through 21 of Revelation 19, and then uh, uh, Revelation uh, unto, through Revelation 20, uh, 1 through 3. And what we want individuals to see is, yeah, this is this is a gloomy time. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a dangerous time. There's a lot of darkness. But at the end, God is a just God, and he's going to wipe out all these agents of darkness. And in Revelation 19 and 20, here's the good news of what's going to take place. So, Nathan, can you take us there, Revelation 19, verses uh, uh, 20 and on? Oh, 19 uh, through... Uh, Yes, I'm so glad you took us here because, you know, it can be pretty scary thinking that this is coming on the world and we're starting to see the beginning of it. But the Bible also gives us the prophecy of the defeat of these three dragons. And so here the, the Antichrists and Satan and their his, his armies are gathered to de destroy Jerusalem. And we get to verse 19 and it says, I saw the beast, the kings of the earth and their armies gathered together and make war against him, Jesus, who sat on the horse and against his army, that being us. Then the beast was captured, and with him the false prophet who worked signs in his presence, by which he deceived those who received the mark of the beast and those who worshipped his image. The two were cast alive into the lake of burning with brimstone, fire burning with brimstone, and the rest were killed with the sword which proceeded from the mouth of him who sat on the horse, and all the birds were filled with their flesh. And then I saw an angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of that dragon, that serpent of old, who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him so they should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a little while. Ooh, and Nathan, right there, I mean, that sums up really his end. So for our viewers and listeners, maybe they were a little bit nervous there for a minute, but we always like to leave the good news to the end. <laughs> right. Uh, the Antichrist will gather all these armies, he'll try to annihilate Jerusalem and getting all uh, the people together to fight when Jesus returns. And it's just Jesus against the Antichrist and a million of his army. You know, he, they're no match for Jesus Christ. He comes in. And with a word, the armies just kind of collapse. He, Jesus holds everything together. And just by speaking his words, the bonds of 
that molecular bonds that hold the people together just fall apart. And he takes the Antichrist and the false prophet and he sends them right to hell. They just that they don't, there's no stopping, there's no going to Hades, there's no no judgment. It's just that's it. They're off to hell. And Satan, he drops into this bottomless pit and he'll keep them there for a thousand years. We read later in Revelation 20 that uh, Satan will be released for a little while at the end of the thousand years to try one more rebellion. But God just, he puts that down. He doesn't let Satan go for very long. And then that's it. Satan is then thrown into hell. And that's the end of all of creation's rebellion against God. What God has after that is a people group, an angelic group, winnowed throughout human history that wish to be with him, whoever, who love God and are in faith with God. And we're back to where the story began before Satan uh, uh, sinned and fell. Excellent, excellent segue there, Nathan. And this is the news for those of you that are tuned into the program. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Listen, this is how it ends. It's good news for the believer. It's great news for those that have trusted in the Lord. And if you are tuned into this program and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, don't feel left out. We're going to give an opportunity right now for you to be part of of those individuals that would inherit the kingdom of God. And Nathan, would you be able to speak to that person that doesn't have a relationship with Jesus? Maybe how they can also join in the camp of the believers, even right now. John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ, believing that he's the Son of God and the person, the Holy One who died for our sins, then we too can be saved from our sins. The just punishment that belongs on us will be transferred to Jesus on the cross, and we can stand before the Father, holy and pure. And if you believe that, then pray from your heart something like, Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sins and be my Lord and Savior. And Jesus will do just that. Your sins will be forgiven, the guilt will be gone, and you will inherit eternal life forever with him. Oh, praise the Lord. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones, for giving out a wonderful evangelistic invitation. And maybe you are on the other side and you just trusted in Christ. We would love to hear from you. Get in contact with us. If you're watching us on social media, listening, post there. We would love to give you more information so that you can grow in this wonderful relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And you have just been uh, transformed from the darkness unto the light of the, of the Lord. And we're so glad for you making a decision because the Bible says anyone that turns to the Lord, there's a celebration in heaven uh, for them. So Nathan, amazing, amazing passages. Nathan, you took us from Job through Revelation, uh, talking about dragons. And I want to thank you so much for being part of our program as my co-host. It's always exciting to have you on. I love this topic, brother. I appreciate you bringing it up and, and that we get to discuss it. Absolutely. Thank you, Nathan. Of course, we ran out of time for this segment of the program, but stay tuned during the week for our next segments of Agents of Darkness. Again, this is Vic Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And uh, again, if you want to get a hold of us, you're more than welcome to do so. 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME. We'll be praying for you. And also, as we close, please remember to pray for the persecuted church around the world, especially the persecuted church in China. We're blessed here in the United States of America, but there's missionaries out there who are really needing your prayers. So we would encourage you to uh, uh, keep them in prayer as well. So again, Big Batista and Nathan Jones saying goodbye. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. And I pray that you all have a wonderful, wonderful week.